and thank you for joining us on the Traveling On Radio Show. I'm Tanya Fitzpatrick, and I'm joined by my husband and travel partner, Ian. Good day, babe. Good day, sweetie. Always good to be here on a wonderful Saturday. Absolutely, and we're happy to be back with you today to talk about our favorite topic. And, uh, you know, here on Traveling On, we talk about all things travel. We have a lot of eclectic conversations about travel from government regulations, destinations, etc. And if you're joining us for the first time, sit back, relax, and fasten your seatbelts because we have a musical treat lined up for you today. Indeed, and as you said, eclectic, I think, is the key word word here because we continue our destination music series today and we will be joined by two gentlemen who have seen the world through and because of their music folk recording artist willie porter who's going to share some unique music venues from his travels and we're also going to talk to the founder and executive producer of dc's own duke ellington jazz fest founder and executive producer charlie fishman who will tell us about some tales from the road when he managed Dizzy Gillespie and also what we can expect for this year's Duke Ellington Jazz Festival. Don't forget that you can call us during the show at 301-984-2173 or email us during the week at radio at travelin-on.com. And, you know, before we travel on, uh, just a couple of reminders of where you can find us today. Uh, Later on today, we're going to be on the grounds of the America's Polo Cup at Morven Field in Leesburg, Virginia. And also, we'll be popping in to see one of our guests, Willie Porter, in concert tonight at Jam and Java in uh, Vienna. Next weekend, uh, May 17th, we'll be broadcasting during the Joint Services Open House Air Show from Andrews Air Force Base, and we'd love to see you at these events, and we've just added a great new event, and I'm doing a happy dance because means I get to, I'm going to be eating good this weekend. Uh, May 24th, we'll be traveling to Shreveport, Louisiana to broadcast during their Mud Bug Madness celebration. Now, you've got to tell everyone what is a mud bug. <laughs> it's a crawfish, so that means good eating. Okay, That's I just I just wanted to, to make sure you weren't going to have me eating bugs on the air again, as uh, as I experienced a few weeks ago <laughs> from the Washington with, with, with Convention. Andrew Zimner from absolutely from bizarre, foods. bizarre foods. I'm not going down that road again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, honey, be flexible. But uh, in any event, you guys, you can find more, uh, find out more about these events from our calendar page at traveln-on.com. And please, you know, certainly sign up to join our traveling club uh, because that's where you're going to learn more about these remotes and and travel opportunities. And you get the heads up on uh, special prizes and and drawings. So uh, that can be found. The sign up page is right on the homepage of our website, traveln-on.com. One of the things about Traveling On is that we've got a soft place in our hearts for music, and we've done a number of music shows in the past uh, focused on Memphis, Seattle. We were in New Orleans and met the wonderful people from Preservation Hall down there, and we're going to continue our Destination Music Series this morning with a slightly different spin. We're going to welcome to our show, as Tanya mentioned, our special guest host, recording artist Willie Porter, Willie's style is a unique blend of acoustic soul that at times seems reminiscent with Sting and also even a touch of Seal. And he's going to be appearing, just as Tanya said, this evening at Jammin' Java in Vienna, Virginia. And hopefully we're going to be able to make it out there. Willie, welcome to Traveling On. Thank you, Ian. Good morning, Tanya. It's nice to be here. Oh, we're happy to have you. I, I want to start out with a couple of quotes, you know, we, we've known about you um, mm-hmm. 
and uh, and certainly you have a great PR uh, agency. <laughs> I mean, a group of a group of fans who who really promote you. But I, I came across a couple of quotes, and and I thought these these were just so deep. I had to read them. Uh, singer and pianist Tori Amos wrote that Willie's Willie plays rhythms that make me want to crawl inside his guitar and sleep there forever. And this led one Bay Area newspaper to ask whether or not there's room for more guests on the guitar. I just think that's so deep. <laughs> we're, we're looking at the guitar right now, at yeah. least the guitar case, and uh, mm-hmm. there is room. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, there's another quote lo- more locally. Nancy Dunham from the Baltimore Examiner, Examiner wrote that uh, a Willie Porter concert is like an evening spent with a good friend, who, by the way, is talented. So um, we're in, we're looking forward to spending an evening with you tonight at Jam and Java. Well, thank you. Thank you so friend. much. Yes, <laughs> indeed. Uh, those are some kind quotes, and uh, I'm very grateful for those. Well, you know, Willie, you started your musical career on the viola back in the day, you know, um, kind of like we all did back in the day, the violin, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But how did you end up going from the viola to the acoustic guitar? Tell us about your early start in music. Well, my father was a jazz piano player, um, also an attorney, but when I was growing up, we listened to a lot of jazz, a lot of different music, and I decided to start on the viola, and I think his ear was sharp enough that he said, son, I think it's wonderful you've picked up an instrument, but we think it's time you picked something different. <laughs> uh, I wasn't any good at it. Oh, and dear. Uh, They were very kind about it, but very tolerant as well. Now, Willie, you had mentioned, uh, just started to touch on some of those influences, I'd like for you to share more about uh, some of those specific music influences. You had mentioned jazz specifically. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd like to know, what were some of those jazz artists who uh, influenced you back in the day? Well, we listened to a lot of Miles Davis. Um, we listened to a lot of Motown at my house. Uh-huh. Um, my father was a big Miles fan, Cannonball Adderley also. Okay. And then um, you know a lot of uh, different sort of vocal groups of that era as well, some doo-wop. Um, Simon and Garfunkel was in the house. My folks didn't really have any musical limitations or or genre specific um, uh, aspects to what they listened to. They loved everything equally. So I grew up in a very rich musical house that way. Now, now, you know, one of the thing, one of the comments uh, that I've read about you as well is that you picked up the acoustic guitar, but you never switched to the electric guitar. Even though sometimes your music has a hint of of rock, but why, why the acoustic guitar? Why the uh, the affinity with with the acoustic versus uh, uh, electric? I think the acoustic has a uh, a portability to it, and also you can carry a song on the guitar by itself. And um, my early teachers were people that really believe that the song is more important than your instrument's role in it. Mm. And so that uh, really brought the acoustic to the forefront for me. And then I, when I was in college, I saw some tremendous innovators, Leo Kotke um, and Michael Hedges come come to the fore. Those two artists really changed the way I look at that uh, the acoustic guitar in terms of an instrument for composition. So that has really become... Uh, the main instrument. I do play electric, but um, I find the acoustic uh, has a little bit more communication in it for me. Now, Willie, tell us a little about your latest release, uh, Available Light, and we understand this is your sixth CD. That's correct, yes. Um, The album was released about a year and a half ago on my own label, Weasel Records, and um, the album it was so much fun to make from the standpoint that I was able to work with my whole band. There's some amazingly 
talented knuckleheads from <laughs> Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And, um, you know, we uh, put it out, and it's it's been doing very well. So I'm very happy with it. What's it like managing your own label? It, it, it really seems as though you've taken the the reins of your career, and so you've got to not only be the, be the musician but the business person and the marketing person. How is that working out for you? Well, it's been an interesting uh, journey, really, but I started out that way. Okay. So it was a very logical print, uh, transgression to go back to that. And um, for me, I really find it very satisfying to be involved in the business side of music as well. So it's, it's very logical for me. Mm. Well, you know, Willie, I, I wanted to share with you also, your reputation precedes you. Um, last weekend, we were doing a live remote on the streets of Frederick, Maryland, and uh, there were some musicians uh, playing as part of the festival. And uh, this this group, I mean, the, the singer just had a powerful set of pipes. I mean, beautiful singer. And, and I, was, uh, I was inspired to go introduce myself. And I happened to mention that you're going to be on our show this weekend. And they got excited. And, you know, their excitement and their enthusiasm about you being on the show here is really indicative of your talent and, and your reach. Um, and I'm looking forward to, uh, to, to learning more about you. And certainly when we come back, um, we want to find out a little bit more about your travels, uh, where they've taken you, uh, because this music, your music, is a journey in and of itself. And so Thank you. Um, we are, uh, we'll be back in a second. You're listening to uh, Traveling On Radio with Tanya and Ian Fitzpatrick. You're a happy travelers who are very enthusiastic. I've just changed our... Uh, our tag, babe. All right, well. <laughs> but I like happy travelers. Uh, and uh, we'll be back in a moment. You're listening to Progressive Talk 1260. BronzeWorldTravel.com is the premier internet travel destination, offering you the best travel values for all of your travel needs. Not only can you book the basics in travel, such as flights, rental cars, and hotels, but think of them when you're planning a cruise, a complete vacation package, registering for your honeymoon, or searching for those last-minute travel deals. Unlike the other online booking sites, BronzeWorldTravel.com does not compromise customer service. Backed by a team of seasoned travel professionals and a nationally rated agency, at BronzeWorldTravel.com, there is always someone available to answer your questions. They have so many great travel deals that you'll make them your first choice when it comes to travel. Visit BronzeWorldTravel.com today and discover the best values in travel. That's B-R-O-N-Z-E WorldTravel.com, where they celebrate life through travel. BronzeWorldTravel.com Whether you're traveling by plane, train, or automobile, make TravelingOn.com your first stop. At TravelinOn.com, that's TravelIn-On.com, you can get current travel news and information, buy the latest travel book, and find those great travel bargains. Visit TravelinOn.com, your premier source for all things travel. That's TravelIn-On.com, and make sure to sign up for email specials and tune into the Traveling On radio show each week for a chance to win some great travel prizes. This is Progressive Talk 1260. Online at ProgressiveTalk1260.com. And welcome back to the Traveling On Radio Show. I'm Ian Fitzpatrick along with my wife, Tanya, and we are in studio with recording artist Willie Porter, and we're listening to some of his music as we uh, 
take our breaks. Remember, Willie will be in concert this evening at Jam and Java in nearby Vienna, Virginia, and tickets are still available. Mm-hmm. You know, this track, every time I, I hear it, I just it just makes me want to just you know, pop up and down. You can't sit still. This is great stuff. And uh, Willie has worked for some incredible talents, uh, just some great names. Jethro Tull, Tori Amos, Ian Anderson, obviously of Jethro Tull. And I understand that you've opened for Sting. What was that like? And Paul Simon, actually. (laughs) And Paul Simon, yeah. Those were great situations. Um, it, it was a wonderful thing to get to play for their audiences, those artists. Um, all of those artists, luckily enough, have fans that are fans of real music. They're not there as sort of a, um, because of some disposable momentary cultural blip. Mm-hmm. They're there because those are career artists. And so um, it was very easy for me to get on stage in front of them and play. I just felt very welcomed by those situations. And Sting's a great guy. Oh, love Sting, love Sting, and 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 I understand where that influence in some of your music. I mean, when I uh, started listening to your music, uh, this CD actually, when I uh, uh, first tuned it on, um, that was my first thought. That first track was reminiscent to me of Sting. Well, thank you very Available much. Available light. Available light. Yeah. Now, um, you know, we before we went out for break, we we're talking about travel. And um, you obviously, you know, um, you, you've come a long way from the day where uh, you traveled to gigs in your Volkswagen selling discs out of your trunk along the way. <laughs> um, you've made a lot of progress there, my dear. <laughs> <laughs> but you've traveled throughout the U.S. and Canada and the U.K. and Europe, and you'd mentioned to us um, that your father, like Ian and I are trying to be, was, was a recovering attorney mm-hmm. um, and a former race car driver and you used to travel around with him and that's where the travel bug really bit you absolutely my dad um, raced at little amateur racing tracks throughout the u.s and Mm -hmm. so i spent a lot of weekends traveling with him and helping him pit crew and and this sort of thing and i was introduced to the the wonderful fabric that is america that way um lots of small towns and and little hotels and things and it seemed just as right as rain when i graduated college to get in the car and go and tour and play music Mm. um so the world didn't seem as though it was daunting in any way um to get out there and do it well it's interesting as as we've been speaking again just kind of tying it all together you had mentioned the influence of motown music your dad being a a car racer and uh, you visiting and spending a lot of time on the road, there is a lot of movement and motion that I sense reflected in your music. As as I listen to some of these tracks, I could take myself back to the time when I lived in Michigan and I would drive into Detroit and uh, uh, head uh, to work and play Motown music. And mm. that's the feel that we got from listening to your music. So it's just interesting to see how, how life, impacts and shapes your craft and your music today. Absolutely. And I I just feel very, very fortunate to have had the upbringing that I had both musically and in terms of, of travel and, uh, and and also a respect for the broader world that's out there. And um, that's been just amazing for me, especially traveling Europe. That was fantastic. 
Well, you know, speaking of which, I want to learn a little bit more about, I understand you have a, a list of favorite venues, kind of, you know, your favorite, your the funkiest, the funnest venues. And, sure. And uh, in Europe, there's a place that's called King Tut's Wawa Hut, Glasgow. That sounds like a piece of work. <laughs> it's a fabulous place. And uh, it's it's funky, as the name would imply. Um, but the audiences are so they're just so ready to hear music at that place. When they come in the door, they're really fired up. And um, I, is, just, I love Scotland. Is it, a, is it an old castle or what is it like? It's like a pub. It's uh, basically sort of like a British or a European pub, um, just with a very interesting sort of decor and um, some art deco motif. But it's, um, you know, if the lights were really bright, you might want not want to know what's on the floor it's one of those kinds of places which has got the patina of rock and roll a lot of your travels have taken you to small town america and one of those uh places is jim thorpe pennsylvania and i think is it uh mile chunk opera house there one of the one of the most unique places to play tell us about that place and tell us what it's like to be in jim thorpe pennsylvania Fabulous town located in the Lehigh Valley yeah. of Pennsylvania. Um, so in terms of the geography there, it's breathtaking. There's great mountain biking. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just the architecture, the way that they built that. Um, I think it was Asa Packer was uh, sort of the industrialist who brought the majority of the money and development to that town. I sound like I work for the Chamber of Commerce there. <laughs> I don't. We're going to love you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a fabulous town um, filled with artists. Um, and again, the main street that goes up through the town is beautiful. That venue has been renovated by some dear friends of mine who took it under their wing and have turned it into really a treasure. It's a mm. wonderful room. It holds about 300 people. And there's not a bad seat in the room. Uh, it's just a fabulous place to see a show. Now, when I saw a, a- a drawing of it, a sketching of it on the website. It looks like a, a converted cathedral. Is, yes. is that accurate? Yeah, I think the the actually the facade is very mm-hmm. much like that with the columns. Um, but uh, when you actually walk into it, it's warmer than that. It doesn't mm-hmm. quite have that same um, church aspect to it. Um, and I just think that they've made use of the high ceilings and Uh, they've got a wonderful sound system in it now. So they've sort of been reverent of the past history of the building while bringing it forward, and that really intrigues me. Now, you've also uh, listed uh, Minneapolis Zoo as a favorite music venue. (laughs) That's a great one. That one's sort of a theater in the round and uh, holds about 500 people. But, again, you're out in the elements in this this venue, and they just do a great job at promoting and presenting shows. It's a family show, and, and so that aspect of it is really fun. The kids are running around, and uh, they've just done a wonderful job in presenting a series of music there. Mm. Mm. Now, now that's the uh, the zoo south of town, the actual Minnesota Zoo. That's correct. Down there in Burnsville, Apple Valley, for those who are who are actually uh, 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 familiar with that uh, part of the country. And close by Milwaukee, the Pabst Theater, one of the great grand theaters in America and a great music venue. Tell us about that and why it's a special place. Sure. When I was a kid, um, I got to go to see some shows there with my grandmother. And that Mm. 
you know, we walked in and we saw the giant chandelier and I thought, boy, this is really a spectacular venue. Um, as a musician, I've played there many times and I've come to really see it in a different way, having traveled and played a lot of theaters. That one is really spectacular from an acoustics point of view, as well as the way the audience is treated from the minute they walk through the door. Um, there's a feeling of respect for the audience member on an individual basis that I think um, is one of those intangibles you can't really quantify when people walk through the door. They do a great job there. It's wonderful. Yeah. When when you went uh, went to places with your with your family as a kid, you know you mentioned your grandmother and, and the Paps Theater. Did you walk into these places thinking at at that young age, I want to play here one day? Was that ever your wish, your desire at that time? I did. I always wanted to be a musician. I didn't know that I would ever be fortunate enough to play in those sorts of venues, but I always knew that you know ever since I heard "I Want You Back" with the Jackson Five, I knew that I had to be a musician. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a, a, a another club that you uh, you've mentioned, Club Helsinki in Great Barrington, uh, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that place and, and why that's so why that is on your list. Sure, this is a smaller venue, um, but they have wonderful food there, and the people that work there are really really sort of switched on in that they are so focused on making sure everybody who walks through the door has a great time. Also, they've sort of taken this older room and done all this artistic renovation to it. And um, the way that they've renovated it is really, it's very, very exciting and intriguing mm-hmm. to be a part of. And uh, it's in the Berkshires. You really can't go wrong. The, mm-hmm. the terrain around there, the environment is fantastic. Now, Willie, I'm looking at your guitar case here. It's really reminiscent of one who has traveled with uh, the decals from 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 all over. We know this as your signature guitar. Tell us about it. Absolutely. The folks at Guild Guitars, a great American guitar company, um, enlisted me several years ago to become involved in the development of a Willie Porter signature guitar, and that is uh, that project in fruition. So it's, we finally have it. And, and, uh, and I understand they've only made two signature guitars or two custom guitars is that correct and yours being one of them mine is one i know that they that uh, richie havens has one as well Mm. and um i think there are a couple others but uh it's a great honor so your signature appears on the uh the actual guitars that they they sell your your willie porter it it does it's just yes it's on it's on the little label that goes inside i figured somebody who bought it would not want my name on the on the (laughs) neck you know, you, it's their guitar once they buy it. <laughs> <laughs> but inspired by you. Indeed. Thank and you. That's, uh, that is quite an honor, you know. You know, mm. Willie comes across as a very modest person. But, you know, to have, you know, great mus- musicians acknowledge him and to have a signature guitar, I'm sitting here saying, wow. <laughs> well, thanks, Ian. <laughs> And uh, and we're gonna we're gonna continue talking uh, to Willie as he joins us as a guest host uh, this next half hour, uh, and uh, and Willie we we've uh, don't forget that uh, Willie is going to be in concert tonight at uh, Jam and Java in Vienna, Virginia, and I believe there are still tickets available. 
Indeed. And uh, and if uh, you're interested in learning more about Willie, you can visit his website at willieporter.com. And it's W-I-L-L-Y and, uh, and not I-E as I had been spelling it initially. Beg your pardon. That's quite all right. <laughs> and, uh, and there is also a link to uh, Willie's site on our on our website. Um, when we come back, we're going to uh, we're going to jazz things up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Uh, with uh, Charles Fishman, and mm-hmm. uh, he's going to share some of his tales from the road. So uh, that should be pretty exciting stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of tales uh, with Dizzy Gillespie from the road, and uh, you're listening to the Traveling On Radio Show, and um, this is Tanya and Ian Fitzpatrick, joined by Willie Porter in the second half, all of your happy travelers here, and uh, we look forward to uh, talking to you in just a couple of minutes. Washington's been waiting, and now it's here. Progressive Talk, 1260. Discover a new you. See yourself in a whole new way with a color makeover. Find a look that expresses your style, your personality, and your life with Mary Kay Cosmetics. You'll delight in the many wonderful colors that the MK Signature line brings you. Find the perfect shade for your eyes, lips, and cheeks. Visit Danielle Johnson's website at marykay.com backslash ms.djohnson86 for a virtual makeover. You'll love what you discover. Mary Kay, enriching women's lives. Whether you're traveling by plane, train, or automobile, make TravelinOn.com your first stop. At TravelinOn.com, that's TravelIn-On.com, you can get current travel news and information, buy the latest travel book, and find those great travel bargains. Visit TravelinOn.com, your premier source for all things travel. That's TravelIn-On.com. And make sure to sign up for email specials and tune into the Travel and On radio show each week for a chance to win some great travel prizes. From the political capital of the world, Progressive Talk. 1260. And uh, we're... This is... Good grief. My little gray cells are just overworked. <laughs> I'm sleep deprived. <laughs> this is Tanya Fitzpatrick and Ian Fitzpatrick with the uh, Traveling On Radio Show. And uh, we're sitting here enjoying uh, some more tunes from Willie Porter's CD, uh, Available Light. Yes. And, uh, ooh, good music. It is. Good it music. is. Uh, I mean, uh, some of the tracks available, uh, Loose Gravel, which is one that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Set Yourself Free, Sleepy Little, Reveal, Me and My Old Man, Hairball. Well, just, just say the whole CD, babe. You enjoy the whole <laughs> One CD. One More September and Where Are My Keys. I just wanted to share uh, yeah. just, just some of the some of the tracks from that because uh, the names are very interesting as well. Mm-hmm, so. mm-hmm. Well, as I mentioned uh, the, uh, uh, at before the end of the break, we're going to jazz things up a little bit with, uh, with our next guest, you know. Um, one of the world's foremost jazz producers, Charlie Fishman, has managed and produced jazz legend Dizzy Gillespie and uh, manages the renowned South African artist Hugh Masakela. Uh, Charlie is also a two-time Grammy winner and executive director of the Duke Ellington Jazz Festival, and we're happy to welcome him to the Traveling On show to share some stories from um his world travels and his efforts to keep Dizzy Gillespie's musical le- legacy alive through the Duke Ellington Jazz Festival. Charlie, welcome to Traveling On. 
Thank you very much. How you doing today? Doing okay. I do have to make one correction, my dear. Oh, the, no worries. But we, I, we do not manage uh, Hugh. We produced Hugh's tour in the United States. Uh-huh. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, but uh, you know, you're up there. You're up there with <laughs> you, you're the big guy. So <laughs> gave you a little uh, extra credit. Extra like credit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, now tell us, Charlie. How did a kid who was, in your own words, born bageled and cream cheese in Brooklyn, uh, who, who ditched? piano lessons to play stickball in the street end up producing a legend and winning two Grammys to boot? Well, living in Brooklyn, New York, uh, under Jewish parents, whether I wanted to practice the piano or not, they got me through eight and a half years of classical music, actually, and uh, I hated it only because I wanted to play ball, as you said. I dreamed of playing baseball with the Brooklyn Dodgers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, my piano teacher, trying to keep me involved, introduced me to jazz, and I fell in love, and that was it. The rest is history. Not yet history. <laughs> You're still making history. Well, we're trying to contribute at the very least. <laughs> now, when we met a couple of weeks ago, you shared a story with me about uh, how you actually came to uh, meet Dizzy and manage Dizzy um, uh and it finally at least get paid for managing him. Uh, tell us about that funny story. Well, I, I was a, uh, an advisor to the uh, government of Israel in cultural affairs, and uh, I was doing all sorts of stuff through a foundation we had started, which we were uh, supporting different projects that usually would not get funded because they weren't high-profile enough or people didn't think they really merited you know, that kind of support, because it was a poor country at the time. So we were doing all this work, and one of the things that was of great interest over there was to bring jazz to Israel, uh, which I did. And uh, I had a dream to bring Dizzy Gillespie to Israel. I had already helped them start their first jazz festival and worked with people like Herbie Hancock and Dave Brubeck and Bobby mm-hmm. McFerrin, uh, both of Marsalises, etc., And I finally got a chance to meet Dizzy in 1977. Uh, My idea for Dizzy was that he should perform a concert with the Israel Philharmonic Orchestra with Lalo Schifrin, who was a former musical director of Dizzy's, whom Dizzy discovered in 1956 when he did the first State Department-sponsored jazz tour uh, on behalf of our government. And so I got... Lalo's number and called him and told him what I was thinking, and he got very excited. Uh, Lalo happens to be an Argentine Jew. And he said, when are you coming to California? And I told him when, and I went over to his house, and he picked up the phone, and he called Dizzy. And I spoke to Dizzy, and we made an appointment to meet in New York. And we met. It was was sometime in January. And it was a miserable day, sort of like yesterday in Washington, (laughs) D.C. You know, just nasty, not pouring rain, but just constant raw weather. And he dragged me around first to the French consulate to try to talk them out of his having to pay taxes on some land he owned, which did not succeed. And then he wanted to get a cheap Montblanc plan. So we walked all around. In the meantime, I'm talking to him, and at the end of this uh, adventure, he agreed that he would do it. 
And it took me eight and a half years to pull it off between everybody's schedules. Good grief. So when we finally did it, and we brought uh, the great Ray Brown and on bass and Roger Kellaway on piano and uh, oh Mel Lewis on drums and Frank Foster on saxophone, and it was fabulous. We did it outside beneath the walls of the old city of Jerusalem, and everything was lit up. And I just realized I needed to stay around dizzy all the time. We really hit it off very well. Mm. Unbeknownst to me, <clears throat> according to this very, very fine biography of Dizzy, written by Don Magan, he told his road manager that he was going to be his road manager only and not deal with any of the business, and that Charlie was going to be his manager. But he never told me that. <laughs> so in the meantime, I just kept thinking of what projects could I, you know, concoct that I could be around Dizzy Gillespie. So I produced his 70th birthday at Wolf Trap, and then I came up with this idea, why don't we do a United Nation orchestra where we mm. highlight what Dizzy's great contributions were in big band jazz, that he was the pioneer who catalyzed the whole inclusion of Afro-Cuban music and mm -hmm. le leading into the whole world music influence in the jazz community and vice versa. And then one day we were on tour and uh, we were at some sort of a party and he called me over to the host and he said, whatever the man's name was, I want you to meet my personal manager, Charlie Fishman. And my mouth sort of dropped down into my stomach, I think, or my heart dropped down into my stomach. <laughs> and I was shocked. And when it sort of sunk in that I really was, I didn't sleep all night. <laughs> because it, it's not just the great privilege to work with one of the geniuses of the 20th century, but the fact that you're responsible for his health, welfare, and being. Uh -huh. So, uh, nonetheless, I did it. And we spent uh, what many people consider Dizzy's last golden age. He had many golden ages in jazz. And from the time he and I began to work together in a period of, what, six years, we recorded eight albums. He won a Lifetime Grammy. Mm -hmm. uh, he won a Grammy. And by the way, I only have one Grammy. I had a, a Grammy nomination, too. But we only won <laughs> Grammy. But we got, we got a Grammy. Uh, we did about four television specials. He got the Kennedy Center Honors. Uh, we traveled around the world on behalf of our government and played all over. And we kept creating uh, special projects for Dizzy, such as, or with Dizzy, I should say. Uh, we combined our band with members of Miriam Makeba's band, and we did a joint tour with Dizzy Gillespie and Miriam Makeba, which was absolutely a joyful experience. And we did all sorts of different collaborations, and for his... 75th birthday, uh, he pioneered the whole idea of playing in the Blue Note Jazz Club for a month, and every week we changed the program, and in the last two weeks we changed musicians so that everybody had a chance to play with Dizzy. It was sort of like his last great master class. Hmm. Now, Charlie, uh, I wanted to uh, uh, ask you about some of the, some of the places that you've uh, played and some of the places that have impacted uh, uh, your life from a from a musical standpoint. You had mentioned Israel. You had also mentioned the Afro-Cuban uh, influences of uh, of Dizzy Gillespie, and you also touched on 
on this international uh, collaborative effort that uh, you did did for him as well, the uh, United Nations Orchestra. Give us a sense of some of the places that have uh, touched you uh, and have inspired some of the work that you've done. Okay, uh, first and foremost, it's called the United Nation Orchestra. Okay. Dizzy named it for that specific reason. He, you know, he felt very strongly, as we all do, jazz brings people together. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what your religion, your uh, socioeconomic status is, your politics, your nationality. Jazz brings people together in both a very organized but very spontaneous fashion. Uh, so that's just one thing. But in terms of where we've gone, gee, we've been everywhere. Uh, my favorite places uh, include, not necessarily in order of uh, preference, Dubrovnik, Croatia, which is absolutely marvelous, almost anywhere in Italy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Athens was beautiful. Copenhagen was beautiful. Uh, going down to South America, you know, Brazil, Chile, Venezuela. I mean, mm-hmm. it's being in the jazz business uh, is just like a living history and geography lesson. And more importantly, it's a cultural lesson. And, and you, you realize wherever you go, people are people wherever you go. There are good people and bad people and short people and tall people and fat people and skinny people and honest people and dishonest people. But overall, you know, when you go somewhere, you get more from interacting with the people and the rhythm of the society than, let's say, visiting museums. Not that those things aren't important, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because when we're on tour, it's very hard. We would play sometimes 25 concerts in 28 days in 12 countries in 23 cities. So the opportunity to go sightseeing uh, was sort of limited unless we went somewhere for a week, like we did a week in Paris, which mm-hmm. was absolutely glorious. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> Paris is glorious. And uh, so you really rely on the people that you meet mm-hmm. and, and who they are and, you know, where you go out to eat and all this other stuff. <clears throat> Willie, would you say that that's part of we, Charlie? We've been talking to uh, to folk recording artist uh, Willie Porter, who's in studio with us today, and so I'm, I'm offering a virtual introduction. Hey, man. For the two. Hey, of how you. are you? It's so, great to meet you virtually here. Yeah, all this virtual stuff. Yeah, we <laughs> have an avatar. <laughs> I had a question for you, sort of. You know, as Dizzy was sort of an international ambassador yes. of jazz, when you went to these different parts of the world, would various people from the local communities come and sit in and 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 how was that it must have been did it change the dynamic of the band and and um tell us a little bit about that well it's really interesting that you asked that question um i'll give you a good example we did after the berlin wall came down mm-hmm. did uh, three concerts in three days in berlin moscow and prague and wherever we went, we always invited local musicians to join us for an encore. And generally, what was very impressive about these local musicians is that they knew the music. So if you said, we're going to play uh, Night in Tunisia, or we're going to play Summertime, or any other piece, these guys basically knew it. And also, because jazz is improvisatory, and you know, if you know your music, you can fit in. And therefore, uh, it's not difficult at all. If the musicians are up to snuff, and, you know, generally speaking, 
whoever came on stage to, you know, play with Dizzy Gillespie's band were seasoned and very courageous musicians. Yeah, I would imagine. You know, and we, we had one time, in fact, and, <clears throat> and by the way, Prague is another amazing, amazing city. Mm-hmm. I love Prague. Mm-hmm. Uh, but one time we were on tour, and we were actually flying to do a tribute to Dizzy, and this is after his death. And we brought two big bands, the uh, Jazz Masters, led by Slide Hampton, which is now called the Dizzy Gillespie All-Star Big Band, and Paquito de Rivera, uh, leading the United Nations Orchestra. Paquito and Slide were Dizzy's co-musical directors in the original United Nations Orchestra. And there were a couple of young guys on the, uh, on the plane with us, two African-American young men, who were on their way to play a summer gig at some hotel or something in the south of France. <clears throat> and they were just you know, jiving us all the time, man, we want to play, et cetera, et cetera. So after the concert, these guys, and they've been just sort of, I I think you'd know, Willie, if a musician knows his shit or he doesn't know his stuff, you could basically tell from speaking with him. Yeah, right away, you can tell if they can hang or not. And I I wondered how, you know, were you given the job of qualifying the locals? they, They learned their lesson. It's like an old jam session, you know. Right. So afterwards, uh, Danilo Perez, uh, who is one of our piano players, great musician, uh, they were bugging. So Danilo said, okay, let's play a, um, let's do a jam session. So we got some of our guys up there, and Danilo calls out the tune Cherokee, which is a ridiculously fast-paced tune. Mm -hmm. And so these guys get up on stage and play, and every time they finished a chorus, Danilo would change the key. (laughs) <laughs> oh my oh my charlie listen we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break here but uh, when we come back we want to talk to you more about the duke ellington jazz fest and uh the good surprises you have in store for us this year and also next year's festival right uh you're listening to the traveling on radio show we're your happy travelers tanya Nee and fitzpatrick and uh we look forward to joining you and uh on the other side of this break Because dissent is the American way. Progressive Talk 1260. BronzeWorldTravel.com is your one-stop travel store where you can find the best travel values available at the most competitive prices. Whether you're booking a cruise, flight, car, or vacation package, they have so many great travel deals that you'll make them your first choice when it comes to travel. Visit them today at BronzeWorldTravel.com. You'll also find a link to BronzeWorldTravel.com on the Travelin' On website. BronzeWorldTravel.com, where they celebrate life through travel. Discover a new you. See yourself in a whole new way with a color makeover. Find a look that expresses your style, your personality, and your life with Mary Kay Cosmetics. You'll delight in the many wonderful colors that the MK Signature line brings you. Find the perfect shade for your eyes, lips, and cheeks. Visit Danielle Johnson's website at MaryKay.com backslash ms.djohnson86 for a virtual makeover. You'll love what you discover. Mary Kay, enriching women's lives. You're listening to Progressive Talk 1260. Join the radio revolution. And welcome back to the Traveling On Radio Show. Ian Fitzpatrick here along with Tanya Fitzpatrick, my lovely wife, and Willie Porter in studio with us. We were talking uh, before the break with 
Charlie Fishman, uh, one of the world's foremost jazz producers, and I know uh, during uh, that break, uh, Willie and I were just talking, and he was just saying how much of an honor it was to to be here uh, today as we uh, spoke to Charlie Charlie today about uh, his uh, wonderful life and experience in the in the realm of jazz. I want to ask you about. Uh, about the uh, festival and the Jazz Fest. And uh, we know uh, D.C. has had a prominent role in uh, uh, birthing jazz, but it's one of the few major cities without a jazz festival. Tell us what this festival is going to do, and we're talking about the Duke Ellington Jazz Festival. Well, there is a history of uh, festivals that got off the ground, uh, and they were very good, from what I understand, uh, very well planned and very well done. and for some reason, they never stuck. And when I stopped managing and got off the road, so to speak, I looked around and realized that we were the only national capital in the Western world that didn't have a jazz festival, and we invented the music. Huh. <laughs> and a gentleman named Ellington, who was one of the architects of the music, was from here. So we decided to launch a Duke Ellington Jazz Festival here, a, a group of very interested individuals formed a not-for-profit organization, and with the help of a lot of very different contributors, including very prominently the District of Columbia uh, city government, we were able to launch a festival in 2005. In 2005, we just had a great you know, a great festival that we brought people like Dave Brubeck and uh, the Dirty Dozen Brass Band. And we had about 30,000 people, uh, 20,000 of whom were on the National Mall. We did a free concert called Jazz on the Mall. Mm-hmm. And based on that success, obviously, we just kept moving ahead. And 2006, we got rained out for a mall concert. But nonetheless, the balance of programs. We, we moved everything into the historic Lincoln Theater, but obviously uh, it was not the impact in terms of audience, because we couldn't squeeze as many people into the Lincoln Theater as mm-hmm. you can on the National Mall. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in 2007, the gods were with us. It was Dizzy's 90th birthday year, and we wound up doing over a hundred programs and performances in nearly 35 venues around the city. And um, we just had an all-star groups from uh, both of the big bands that I mentioned, but people like James Moody, Jimmy Heath, Clark Terry, Hank Jones. You know, these are the real legends and masters of jazz mixed in with, quote, the kids who are not kids anymore. <laughs> Like Danilo Perez, David Sanchez, uh, Paquito was sort of in the middle of that, uh, Claudio Roditi, Steve Ture, all, all young people at the time that I hired to play with Dizzy. Because I was always looking for young musicians who I felt, and I guess in this way I was a bit of a talent scout, uh, not only had the ability, but also had the kind of personality and humility Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, sorry. The personality and humility that, you know, would merit their benefiting from Dizzy Gillespie. Mm-hmm. Now, Charlie, this, this festival has been <clears throat> growing. Um, 
continuously since you started it a few years ago. Uh, what what's in store this this year? You know, last year you mentioned, or two thousand six, I think you mentioned you had thirty five stages. Um, oh, thirty five venues. Thirty five venues, and and uh, what's what's up for this year? Well, this year it breaks down in, in a not dissimilar fashion. We try to combine outdoor indoor activities because the city is so gorgeous. This city is just a beautiful city, and we have beautiful parks, and we have all the monuments, and we have all these museums. So it's just a great place, you know, to produce music. So we'll do stuff, for example, at the Sculpture Garden at the National Gallery of Art. I already mentioned the National Mall. Uh, We'll do stuff in parks. We do things at the National Women's Museum of the Arts. We do something at the theater at the Jewish Community Center. Uh, We do stuff at the new Atlas Performing Arts Center. Uh, We're doing a combination, as an example, uh, of a step dance company and a jazz group. Uh, We're bringing artists, our headline artists, uh, obviously led by Paquita de Rivera, who's our artistic advisor, nine-time Grammy winner, NEA Jazz Master. And then we have Taj Mahal coming this year, mm. uh, Dee Dee Bridgewater coming this year, Christian McBride uh, coming this year, Ramsey Lewis mm. uh, coming this year. And then we have some absolutely wonderful locally-based groups like Afro Blue, which is an a cappella uh, choir. Choir, I guess you'd call it, that does jazz, blues, gospel music from Howard University. Mm-hmm. We do master classes at the different universities. We do five different student concerts uh, around the city for you know free to the uh, to the students. We'll probably be serving about two thousand students this year. And then we created a program called Jazz in the Hoods, where we wanted to get the various businesses and neighborhoods involved. And we had programs going on in nine different neighborhoods last year. And this year we're going to be probably in about 40 different, thus far it's 27 clubs. I imagine clubs alone will probably get up to about 33, Mm -hmm. 34 clubs. Mm -hmm. It's clubs, it's restaurants. You know, the big jazz clubs here are Blues Alley and Twins and Bohemian Caverns. There are a couple of new places that have developed. Uh, And, of course, you have... Places like the Sitar Arts Center, which works with kids, uh, a wonderful new facility in the Anacostia area called The Ark, and we're doing a student concert there as well. So, so we're basically all over the city, anywhere from high-end restaurants such as Cashin's Eat Place, Johnny's Half Shell, and Proof, and the Post Restaurant at the Hotel Monaco, to the various you know, bars and and little clubs up mm-hmm. and down the U Street Corridor, which is a very famous uh, area that mm-hmm. was uh, called the Black Broadway mm-hmm. uh, years and years ago, uh, the Adams Morgan area, the uh, downtown area, the Capitol Hill area. So we're trying to, you know, really make jazz a part of the community because that's what it is. We are. This music enables people to... Enjoy, but yet be engaged by the music. Indeed, indeed. And um, this this year, the festival is it's a week long thing, starting uh, in October, the first week of October. I know next week week we have uh, you're moving it to the first week of June, and there will be a whole different theme 
uh, there. But uh, as we as we close out today, I wanted to share the website with our listening audience. It's D-E, as in Duke Ellington, jazzfest.org. Um, we can find more information about this festival, purchase tickets, uh, learn certainly more about uh, the history and and, uh, and and just ways to participate in, in this week-long extravaganza. And, Charlie, we appreciate you joining us today on the Traveling On Show and, and sharing. And as always, you know, you have an open invitation to, to come back. And, uh, Willie, we appreciate having having you here with us as well today. And, and I appreciate you. Thank you. And, and I, guys, just keep the music going. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Sure. There's one more thing, Tanya. Next year, when we do move the festival permanently, yes. uh, it'll be June 4th to 14th. And the exciting thing is, A, it is our fifth anniversary, and B, we are going to do a blowout celebration of New Orleans. And we are wow. excited about that because you know that's one of our favorite cities. Uh, and so we're we're Mar- if you're an American, it's got to be. You know? yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, an American, it's got to be. We're, right. we're very proud Americans here, and we we love our city, New Orleans, as uh, as, as 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 everyone knows. Uh, but uh, thank you again, fellas, for for joining us uh, today, and and uh, don't forget to visit our calendar page to see where we'll be broadcasting from next. Uh, don't forget to come out and see Willie Porter tonight at uh, Jam and Java. In Vienna. In Vienna, and there are still tickets available for this show. And uh, and you have a calendar page on your website, too, at willieporter.com. Willie, I think that, that uh, uh, shows where you're going to be. Absolutely. Sure yeah. do. Yeah. In fact, you were at uh, Ramset in Annapolis last night. I was. To was a packed house, I understand. Great fun, yes. <laughs> Great place, too. Yeah. yeah and, good. you know, remember, if you'd like more information about today's show or if you want the latest in travel news and information, visit our website at traveln-on.com. And uh, there will be a new travel and trivia contest next week. And as always, it's been a pleasure to share some travel time with you today. We're Tanya and Ian Fitzpatrick, your happy travelers, and we look forward to spending time with you again next week, same time, same frequency. And as we go out to uh, go out listening to some of Willie Porter's music, we want to wish you uh, happy travels. That's right. And just a reminder, we will be live from the air show at Andrews Air Force Base next weekend. Next weekend. So stay tuned. You're probably going to hear the roar of those jet engines uh, uh, during that show. Democracy has a new voice in Washington. Progressive Talk 1260.